Well, friends, we're looking at um, the final the final sermon in this series of Our God, and um, I invite you to turn to a couple of passages, um, one at the very end of the Old Testament, Malachi 3, verse 6, and some of you, if you are those who were at um, Wyoming Park, you probably know this passage by heart, uh, Malachi 3, 6, as it was printed in a very prominent place. But uh, Malachi 3, 6 reads there, just this verse, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed, especially paying attention to I, the Lord, do not change. And then James 1, verse 17, along those same lines, you'll hear similar words. James 1, 17 we read this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows, who does not change like shifting shadows. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Beloved in Christ, our, over the last uh, several months, we have been taking a look at who our God is. We have said throughout this sermon series that the more we l know about God, the more we know who he is, the more that transforms us, we're hopeful, and we have talked about all kinds of things that God is. I'll give a rundown of them. Omnipresent, he is everywhere. Omnipotent, he is all-powerful. Omniscient, he knows everything everything. He is expressive. He is a refuge, and he's righteous. He is gracious. He's committed to you. He's a guiding God and a giving God. And today, we conclude this series by taking a look at what theologians like to call the immutability of God. It's a fancy technical term that means God never changes. God always stays the same. He is immutable. There is an unchangeableness about God. I'll just move this because someone's going to think, he's got to move that out of the way. Now think about that. Do you, do you like the idea of a God who does not change? We live in a world is constantly changing. Everything about this creation seems to change. Everything about us seems to change. Even the good old days change and over time become the golden years, and as many of you have confided to me, the golden years aren't so golden. Everything about us seems to change. A woman's hands and face go from smooth to wrinkled in a heartbeat. A man grows hair on his head, starts to lose it, and then starts growing it on his ears all in a 40-year blink of an eye, right? Things change. Technology changes. World powers change. Stock market changes on a dime. Marriage partners change. Our chameleon culture changes definitions of traditional tried and true concepts. Think marriage, gender, 
and the starting point of human life. To suit whatever is the most popular feeling about any of those concepts at any given time. Scientists tell us that artificial intelligence, AI for short, is changing so much that it is getting closer and closer to reaching the point of singularity. When the development of robotics and intelligent machines and computers will become uncontrollable, artificial intelligence will change so much to the point that it will surpass the brain power of human beings and will be able to evolve on its own. Now, all doomsday warnings aside, we'd have to agree that much of our world in the 21st century changes every decade, every year, every month, almost every day, and the frequency of change even changes and becomes faster and faster and faster. I was stopped at a red light the other day. No, this isn't the same story. Stopped at a red light the other day. Wonderful things happen at red lights, by the way. I was stopped there at the light, waiting to turn left, waiting behind a car that wasn't quite pulled up far enough so that his car would trip the light control buried in the street. So we sat there while the light did not change. The walk sign didn't change to orange and start flashing at all. And I reflected as we sat there for a few minutes, this is one of the few things in the world that is not changing right now. now. Now, as we sat there, my heart rate and blood pressure, they were changing, but that light was not. And finally, I moved to the right lane. We were at kind of a T, right? I, I turned right, then did a three-point turn, came back to the intersection, and the light still hadn't changed. About 15 minutes later, I came back from where I was to that intersection and noticed the car that had been in front of me was not there anymore. So even that untrippable light eventually must have tripped itself and changed, or he moved up, or he just went through it. In some ways, we thrive on change, though, don't we? We have to. We go to seminars on change management, some of us, or we, or we learn it by experience. We figure out elaborate coping mechanisms for change, and we get pretty good at it because, well, this is how the world is. So why would you want a God who is immutable, who does not change, change with the times? If you're the kind of person who can handle chaotic change just fine, what's the big deal about a God who doesn't change? And the answer, I think, is that there will come a day when the forever changing world just wipes us out no matter how good we are at change we either get too old too stressed out too confused too attached and we just start yearning for some constancy for some stability a foster child just starts putting down new roots and she has to move again change. The job and the company you work for just starts getting interesting and challenging and exciting, but then the company downsizes and eliminates your job. Change. You're a teenager and you see the consistent stability of your parents' marriage beginning to unravel. You hear the words separate and divorce. Change. The brother who has always been there for you is out 
running to get in shape one minute and the next his heart stops and he's gone. Change. My next door neighbor, 94 years old, a real go-getter she is all the time. Yesterday, she passed away. Four squad cars in front of her house in an instant. Change. You won't see her again. I think at some point we all come to know our desperate need for something constant, something immutable in our life. And hopefully you hear God whispering to you now saying, I, the Lord, do not change. I'm your Father in heaven, and I do not change like the shifting shadows. I trust you're starting to like the idea of a God who does not change. But let's try to figure out what that means. There are several places in the Bible where God seems to act and react, right? Where he responds to his pleading people in their prayers. Abraham pleading with God for the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. God is all set to destroy those two sinful cities in Genesis 18. But Abraham pleads with him not to. If I can find 50 people who love you and serve you, will you spare the city? And God seems to change his mind. Sure, I'll spare the city. And in fact, Abraham bids God down to 10 faithful people, and each time God says, I'll spare the city. Did God change his plan? Did God change based on the prayers, the pleas of his people? Was this truly a change? Or maybe this isn't exactly what immutable means, what the unchanging nature of God means. Genesis 6 says that God was grieved that he had made human beings on the earth because of all their sinfulness. So the Lord decided to wipe out the whole creation. It seems like God changed his mind here, didn't he? Or maybe this too isn't what we mean when we say that the Lord God is immutable. Lots of times the Bible says that God relented in bringing punishment on his people. Jonah preached to the Ninevites, and in the end, God relents. And does not punish them. His judgment is changed by his compassion. Is this really an immutable God then? Or is this not quite what immutable means? I tend to think it isn't what immutable means. I think it's the human way of describing God's total sovereign will in different circumstances. So then what does it mean that God is immutable? that he never changes, that he is unchangeable. Well, isn't it that in all these things we have been describing about God over these few months, essentially we've been describing his character, who he is, right? That in all these things, he is consistent. He does not change. When the Bible says he is all-powerful, he is truly all-powerful. It says he is omnipresent, always there. Well, he is, always. There's never a time when he is not there. The Bible says he's a refuge. He's always a refuge. He's never not a refuge. He is absolutely consistent in his character, to his character, in his power, his presence, his knowledge, his commitments, his graciousness, his generosity, his giving, his guiding, all of it. He never changes in these things. 
He is the best possible God in all of these things. In other words, he is perfect in all of these things. So if he were to change in some way, it would only ever be to something less than he is, becoming less than he is. He's perfectly gracious. For him to change would mean he would become less than perfectly gracious. And the truth that God never changes tells us that it is impossible for God to ever become less than perfect in all these things. So are you starting to fall in love with that technical word, immutable? Do you realize what that says? It says God cannot change even the slightest bit. For any change in God means he gets worse. Worse than perfect. And the truth of this immutability prevents that from happening. He cannot become less than he is in any way. That's a doctrine to fall in love with. No, that's a God to fall in love with. That's the God you are in a relationship with. A God who, if he changes, can only become worse, but he can't change. He's always at the top of his game for you. For you. And his word tells us that he will always be at the top of his game for you. Even when he sent his son to die on the cross, even as the son of God, Jesus Christ, suffered on that cross for our sins, even as our Savior breathed his last breath and was buried in the tomb, that whole salvation plan was working to perfection, not one beat skipped, not one base inadvertently missed on the home run trot, not one error message popped up. Not one stitch left untied, not one loose end, not one T uncrossed, not one I undotted. God has always gotten it all right. He has never done anything that would go against the perfect God he is. And he is that unchanging God for you and for me. He is that immutable God for you and me. Isn't that a God whom you want to love? How does James 1 say it again? Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. What a wonderfully creative way to put it that the Apostle John gets from, gets from the Holy Spirit. The Father in heaven who has created the heavenly lights, every star, the moon, the sun. He created them all. He created the very things that bring on shadows. The sun causes things to be in shadows, and those shadows shift constantly. They shift over the seasons of a year as the sun makes its way from one tropic across the equator to the other tropic. More than that, those shadows shift each day as the sun makes its journey from the east to the west, and we see the shadows. We don't see them as much in Michigan, but we see the shadows in the morning pointing west, at noontime pointing north, in the afternoon pointing east. They shift all day long. 
when the trees catch the wind, you, you see the branches moving, even branches without leaves like in winter, but you see branches moving and shifting all over the place, and the long shadows of those branches shift even more. God does not change like these shifting shadows, like these things he has created. God is immutable. God does not change. There's not even a shadow of shifting a shadow of change, a shadow of turning. God doesn't even lean in the direction of change in his character is another way to think about this. Isn't this a God you want to get to know? Isn't this a God you want to love? One who's always the same for you. I need a God like this when doubt comes in my life. And I think God doesn't really know about the rough times that come every so often. He calls himself omniscient, but maybe this particular thing I'm going through escaped his attention this time. Do you ever have doubts like that? The immutability of God says that God is as omniscient for you in your life today as he was for Jonah stuck in that giant fish wondering if he would survive if God had somehow lost track of him. Do you need a God like that? I need a God like this when I think God is far, far away from me as if he's got more important things to attend to. He certainly isn't going to be with me in my time of difficulty. He's taking a break from his omniscience, from his omnipresence. He must be. Well, the immutability of God says that God is as omnipresent for you in your life today as he was with Moses at the burning bush. Do you need a God like that? Think about it. You're trapped, weakened, enslaved, completely debilitated by a sin, by a destructive relationship, by an addiction, and you're tempted to think... Sure, he's all-powerful, omnipotent, but this problem is even bigger than he is. Well, the immutability, the unchangeableness of God says that God is as omnipotent for you in your life today as he was with Jesus in the tomb, able to raise the dead with almighty resurrection, omnipotent power. Do you need a God like that? Everything that God has ever has been for any biblical character you have met in your Bible reading, Paul, Samson, Moses, Mary Magdalene, Gideon, David, Elijah, Ruth, John the Baptist, Peter, Mary, his mother, God is also that for you. That God has not changed. The miracles, the power, the guiding, the giving, the refuge, the righteousness, it's all there in God still. It's all there for you and me. Good news, isn't it? It's great news. But on the other hand, it's sobering news, too. For someone alive in Christ, living their life as a committed follower of Jesus, it's great news. But for someone who is complacent with a lack of zeal, 
with a wishy-washy attitude for God, it tells us in that case, well, we better watch out. Because think about what that means. The same God who judges sin, who demands righteousness, who disciplines his children, and who did it with seemingly such harshness back in those Old Testament stories, that same God still hates sin, still judges, still demands righteousness, still disciplines. The same God has not gotten any softer on sin. Just because we have a Savior who forgave sin at the cross does not mean it's okay to keep on sinning and that God will be just fine with it. God wants us to become like he is, to hate sin like he hates sin. As the catechism says, to be genuinely sorry for sin, to hate it more and more, and to run away from it. God's rules haven't changed. God's rules don't change. God's nature, his immutableness, his unchangeableness prevents him from saying, oh, I see you've had a rough day. Go ahead and scream at your kids today. I'll pretend I don't see it. Things about God stay the same. God demands commitment from us, not complacency. God is committed to us. We are committed to God. God doesn't ever get complacent, and so we too must never get complacent. Now, don't get me wrong. We will always have the precious forgiveness and protection of Christ's blood shed at the cross to cover our sins, but that doesn't mean we don't fight hard against sin in our lives. That doesn't mean those sins aren't deserving of eternal punishment. That doesn't mean God somehow winks at sin and lets things slide. He doesn't because he is immutable when it comes to his righteousness and his justice. That's a scary thing, isn't it? For those who are complacent before God, yes, it is. But it's not scary for those who with repentance and sorrow for sin go to the cross and seek his free offer of grace and love and forgiveness because that too for God, that never changes. It's immutable. He never changes his laws and his expectations for us, but he never changes his offer of forgiveness either for those who are committed to him. A while back before my dad died, I had an incredible conversation with him. It was all about how a father loves his son no matter what. He said he would love me till the day he died. That it wasn't just some love that happened when I was all cute and cuddly in the cradle. But that love never changed. It was always there. Even... Even as I got gray and he got grayer, he assured me of that. It's a conversation I want to have with my own son throughout the years. It was wonderful to hear that. I hope that the sons here and daughters here would never spend their time wondering, wasting precious time worrying about whether their father or mother will ever stop loving them. I hope that most, if not all, fathers and mothers at Faith Community would make it clear that that's not something their children have to worry about with them. I hope that I'm the kind of dad to my son and daughters where they would never worry about it either. But you know what? Even when we sinfully mess it up, even when we go through times that foolishly cause our kids to worry about that, 
about a love from us that might not be there, even when we mess it up like that, even when one of the greatest human loves, that love between a parent and child gets all messed up temporarily and sometimes even permanently, even when that great love, which is oh so close to perfect so often, even when that great love, which is almost immutable, proves to be less than perfect, don't you just love the truth that there is a love even greater still? A love given by an immutable God, an unchanging God, who when he says he loves us yesterday, today, and forever, he truly means it all the time. He truly lives it out all the time. He truly always gets it right all the time. That's a truth that is truly transforming. Because that's a God I know you want to love back. He is the God who changes not, for he is immutable for you and for me. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, In this world of change that we are in, change that happens all around us, change that goes on in our minds and even in our hearts, how good it is to know that you are unchanging, that you are immutable. Remind us again of that today and the week ahead. Transform us with that truth once again. We love you, unchanging God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.